Thanks for listening to this episode of Fluff and Crunch. Today, Chris and I talk about the sorcery system in Conan and the Book of Skelos, which is the expansion book for sorcery and sorcery-related powers, also for the Conan 2D20 role-playing game. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. All right, we are recording. Yeah, we are. Howdy, Chris. Hi, Jeremy. You know, I was thinking last night that Fluff and Crunch, I think those could be our nicknames. I could be Fluff because I'm more into the story, and you could be Crunch. We'd be like a breakfast cereal. I can't actually be Crunch. If you said I was Fluff, no. Yeah, yeah we'd have words. <laughs> Fuck. Breakfast cereal? Uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute. You could call it a Brexit cereal. Uh-huh. No, no. <laughs> have you been this last week and some? Apart from what you've the been up to? constant frustrations with the state of our uh, economy and country and government. Right. Um, yeah, personally, I've been all right. I don't, I don't think I've done any gaming. I think we were going to meet, but I couldn't do one night and Scott couldn't do another night and then Brian couldn't do it. Yeah, so I don't think we... So I didn't know gaming. I went to watch live football with Scott and his daughters, actually, because well, it good. turns out I've never, we've never seen any football and didn't understand any of the rules. That was interesting. Um, but no, no. Wait, they they allow that? Didn't di- aren't? Isn't that like? Don't they teach that in your schools there? Well, I, uh, very so odd. there's there's various rules which, yeah, clearly clearly not. I don't think they really make girls play football a whole lot. I think sort of yeah. This is why that we said no our movement trying to get. Whereas girls soccer in your country is you know better than your men's soccer. Um, in this country, you know, the, the, if you, I talk to my pupils at school and I say like, oh, I watch the women football, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, that's not real football. And you're like, how, how progressive are you? Um, but I guess it'd be like women playing, you know, NFL in your country, which as far as I know, doesn't really happen. Or if it does, it's not big. You know, that's actually, that's fascinating about the whole women's sports things. It actually doesn't surprise me. Um, I've never been to England. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, so you, if you're if you're a female sports player, as far as I understand, it's pretty much worldwide. You can make yeah. money playing tennis. Yeah, you can make money playing golf. Yeah, um, and that's kind of it. Things like gymnastics and athletics don't don't pay well, and you don't pay for doing it. You have to win. They're win. niche. Now you can in your country earn a living playing soccer and you've been able to do that for a very long time we used to have players come to america to play soccer because we did because europe didn't have any professional leagues now we have professional leagues that we have players here still but you know soccer is not a big sport in your country so it may be a bigger sport for women but i don't know how what i you know i don't know what the numbers are like public going to see it i doubt they're you know selling out massive you know crowds um and i don't know how it compares to the mls because the mls is like the fifth sport in your country anyway so no, as for gaming for me, um, I I got to play. Woo! I got to play Conan this last weekend. A friend of mine who used to be in my regular group, his group uh took the weekend off for, you know, there were a bunch of people missing, so they said let's just let's just take the weekend off. And so he ran a very savage Conan adventure for me and two of my players because my third player was out of town. So it's fun. It was actually a a lot of fun to be on the other side of the screen, figuratively, in a system that I'm familiar with. 
Like I know the last few times, and it's been a while, but the last few times I've played 5e with like 5e skilled players, I always feel like the the little brother, you know, trying to <laughs> figure things out because I just I'm just not as quick on it, even though it's a simple system. But it was fun. It was uh it was it was good. Which gave Got me it. which kind of warms me up a little bit for today's conversation because I sure needed it. Yeah, so I mean, I'd looked at the sorcery stuff because I wanted to make a sorcerer character. And yeah. it was it was very difficult trying to make a sorcerer character. And then trying to read through and make sense of bits of it, which I did struggle with. But um, yeah, having played a bit of Kona, I there are certain things I almost feel like I want to do an episode on sort of a not what's in the book, but like how the system works in play but we can yeah, leave that for another we'll do that but this so, yeah, so we're yeah. going to talk about sorcery and on top or in addition to that not just sorcery from the core rule book but a little bit of this book of skelos uh editions and the thing that stands out to me and this is a meta issue before we actually dive into the particulars of it and you know and the purpose of this is not to explain in detail how the sorcery system works it's to explain some to help people understand so they can go read it and make better sense of it. But what jumped out at me as I was rereading the sorcery chapter and reading through the Skelos is that these older books, they just don't do a very good job of explaining things. There are virtually, there are like no examples. There are lots of quotes from Howard books throughout Skelos and throughout, yeah, yeah, really useless. And throughout um, the, the, the sorcery chapter, but there are, there are, I don't believe that there are any examples of like, here's like such and such learning this petty enchantment or casting this spell. Now, there are those kinds of notional play examples in uh, Octum Cthulhu, yeah. which helps tremendously. There are none, and they are desperately needed because there are, I mean, I'll just say it right out. There are elements of this overall subsystem that I don't understand. I, I kind of feel there's two things going on here one is i feel like they don't want you to really have a proper sorcerer mm. and so one way of making sure as a, we don't as a PC player character i agree yeah. so to avoid having pc sorcerers let's make it too difficult so that then people won't bother and then the second thing is though that is like right you've decided and this is what i did i was like oh to have a sorcerer so let's just go this is what you need to have a sorcerer to have a sorcerer you've got to get a talent that you've got to have some ability to get some of the sorcery talents now i've only seen that i think actually if you take i could be totally wrong but i'm gonna go back and check you, you think, have to have a you have to have this the sorcery uh actually let me look up let me open the character this is the thing so I, i'm not convinced so you need the sorcery you need expertise in the sorcery skill yeah what and i'm looking then, at is the archetypes. that's just head knowledge yeah okay, i'm not sure so of what? Right, what not sure which what? I'm looking at the witch and shaman. So if you go through the archetypes, you've got archer, barbarimus, and nomad, priest, priestess, pirate, scholar, scoundrel, witch, shaman. Right, there is no sorcerer archetype. The closest witch and shaman. Witch and shaman gives you sorcery is an elective skill. You cannot get the talents you need through witch and shaman. Now I managed to do this because in the in the book of X, uh, not book of X, in the Conan's X, in the Conan Exiles book. One of the archetypes in that does give you this thing called true understanding yeah. uh, and gives you sorcery and then says you can then take uh, another talent. So because of that, you can then go and get, um, you can go and get the, start going down the sorcery list. 
Um, but actually, none of the archetypes in the Conan book let you take the, uh, the, the things you need. They don't let you take the talents you need. And if you look at the talents, they don't let, so there, there is no obvious way of picking the talents you need. Now, so let's go back to what I mean by the talents you need. So to be a sorcerer, you have to have certain talents. There's this nice little talent tree. And you look at the talent tree, oh, this, make, this makes perfect sense. It's a talent tree. If I want to be a sorcerer, I have to have uh, the required sorcery things. So you, you look at it and you go, you have to have, you have to have a patron. Yeah, you have to have skill in this. this, this, Again, sorcery as a skill is head knowledge only. So it's familiarity with. You need to have that, and then you need to have this patron talent. Go on. Yeah, so the patron talent, I said, I'll read it. Through luck or skill, you've persuaded a patron to teach you the occult and the French science of the sorcerer. Um, Now, you'd think you get a spell, but what you get is you may learn one petty, you may learn petty enchantment talents and gain one talent in one petty enchantment. Oh, so you can't actually cast spells. So if you want to then be able to cast spells, you need to take the second level of talents, which is this at this point, this is very difficult to do at a starting level character. So you need to take the sorcerer talent. For that, you need to have sorcery expertise too. And a patron. Yeah, and the patron. And you gain... You're, you reduce your resolve permanently by two two combat dice. So that could be four potentially. Yep. Uh, and then by doing that, you gain one spell. So potentially at starting level, you might be able to cast a spell. And then yeah. essentially there's more talents that go up there. And as you go up the talent levels, you get more spells, but you reduce your resolve more and it kind of gets worse. This is the kind of point, this is why really a PC shouldn't be doing it. But if you've really got your heart set on being a sorcerer, um, yeah, you might be able to start with one spell. Yeah, the, the, something else to add. In the Book of Skelos, which is the, uh, it's the 140-something page sorcery source book, it's a separate, uh, a separate volume, there are a bunch of archetypes in that. Yeah. So there are pl- there's a there's a lot of guidance for building sorcerer or magic characters from the jump in that other book. But you're right. In the core book, you really have to go out of your way. Although I'm going to defend this a little bit from the fluff side of things, sorcery is not magic. That is, you need to when you're you're thinking about what's the place of spell style, ritual style magic in Conan versus D and D. I think probably the best thing to do is think of this as sorcery and that as magic. And those are different things. And there's like a value issue that's that's attached to sorcery. And incidentally, if you have the Book of Skelos and you haven't dug through it or you have access to it, um, Chapter 7, Sorcery Campaigns, in the first few pages of it, does an outstanding job of framing the place of sorcery in the Conan world and why it is the way it is. And, and frankly, they, they come out and say, you know, we left a lot of this ill-defined because we wanted to leave the wonder and the danger and the creepiness there. And so, the, the, and it says right out that the burden of this is, is, there's far more of a burden on the GM because yeah. so much more of this is narrative than in other systems. It doesn't come out and say D&D, but it clearly implies D&D by mentioning, yeah. you know, specific spells and schools of magic and magic stores and how those things don't exist. So think of magic as one thing and sorcery as another. Conan's got sorcery. 
I mean, this right. is also it's the, really this, hard to build one of these characters, but that is by design to fit yeah. the world. And this like plays into the idea of if you were trying to build towards a sword and you're playing like a shaman type person, you probably have no actual what we consider magical power. You have these enchantments and your your petty enchantments, these things like we have exploding powers and blind, sorry, exploding powders, uh, like fireworks and blinding powders and, and burning liquids uh, and then talisman. So, you know, charms um, and a bunch of different poisony type things, which all come under lotus pollen. That's exactly what you expect a shaman to do in a sword and sorcery type thing. They, you know, they they brew potions. I mean, like alchemy is a whole thing in Book of Skelos. Yeah, but that would yeah. be it. You're brewing potions. Um, you're making little concoctions you can give to someone. You can probably, you know, you curse someone. But you don't really curse someone. You like, you know, give them the give them an evil talisman, or you do something that's gonna make things more difficult. Or you poison them and then go, oh, you know, kind of like, I mean, okay, it was proper magic, but like if you think of. Uh, you know, Lord of the Rings. Okay, arguably Saruman was mind controlling um, Theoden, but I kind of always think of it as like I feel like Wormtongue was like slipping something into his into his wine or something that was making him fuddle. Then he was whispering in his ear, and like yes, it could. You can go down them. It was all magic, but you could very easily say, well, actually, it's a shaman else. is yeah, it's something else. He's poisoned him. That's dulled his mind, and then he whispers in his ear. Uh, and you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's a very, it's all, it's all very subtle. It, you have to, it's almost, you know, you're, you're a charlatan. You are, yeah. you're looking like you can do things. Well, that's actually um, one of not. the, uh, it's that kind of stuff. In Skelos, that is one of the, uh, archetypes, uh, is the charlatan is, you know, it's, it's basically someone who uses trickery and sleight of hand. And at most these petty enchantments, to appear as if they are using sorcery, but in fact they're they're really not. Or if they are, it's at such a low level that you know it, it, that that that's where it stops. Now, before we get into the sorcery itself, like actual casting of, you know, I use the magic word, unfortunately, even though I just differentiated, but that I'm hung up on these petty enchantments. <laughs> On page 164 <laughs> what, of my PDF of the rule book, it says any character with the alchemy skill can make a simple difficulty zero petty enchantment, but making enchantments of greater difficulty is impossible without the appropriate talent, although it's lowercase t, and that annoys me. Proper nouns serve a purpose. Uh, all of these different uh, petty enchantments, exploding powers, blinding powders, blah, 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 Dep the, they have a, a, a baked-in difficulty from yeah. zero to five based on how much oomph they deliver. So here's my question. I'm looking around for Petty Enchantment Talents, capital T. I can't find any. Yeah, any so my, my oh. reading of this is based on the patron, because the patron said you may learn Petty Enchantment Talents mm -hmm. and gain one talent in one Petty Enchantment. I took this, but I, like you, I looked in... I looked at the front of the book. You I looked at the here, book. You looked between right, the pages. There are, yeah. Because there are the different kinds of enchantments. I went, right, my character has the petty enchantment talent of lotus pollen. That's what I was thinking. And then too. I could have then learned, I could have learned talisman instead, or I could have done burning liquid or exploding. And essentially each one of these would be a different talent. But at that point, to learn all of the petty enchantments, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different kinds of enchantments. Okay. And that's almost as many as there are sorcery talents. So I, have another, point, I have another question that's going to gum up does, the works. I inferred the sense. same thing, or I assumed the same thing, that each of the categories of petty enchantments you would take as a talent. Yeah. I was, I'm also assuming that they are the same distance from 
the initial talent yes that would enable them yeah. so another because the because the way the talent trees work and how you you pay more as you get farther away and deeper and this really this really annoys me actually because they provide all these nice talent trees why didn't they just provide a freaking talent tree or show where these fit you have you, you as the reader are left to infer that this is yeah. the case mechanically and then you don't have any guidance so I'm assuming the same thing you are. I'm assuming that they are all of equal value. They sit alongside one another. There is no hierarchy between them. But here's that, my that, other question. Yeah, I've, there's got, I've got another one that bugs me about maybe this. it's Maybe it's the same as mine. It bugs me too. I know that some talents in Conan, some talents have no ranks associated with them. Some do. And some that have ranks associated with them have a maximum rank. If I decide to buy a talent in Exploding Powers, do I have to buy rank one to access average difficulty one powders? I mean, I, I, my assumption was that you could do, because it says you can do all the difficulty zero ones, and that if you choose to learn Exploding Powders, you can do all the Exploding Powers. All of them. Yeah, it says... But none of the others. Um, but making enchantments of greater difficulty is impossible without the appropriate talent. Now, I actually agree with you because it doesn't mention anything about talent yeah. rank. So I right. it assume it doesn't say either way. Yeah. And this is a pisser because then this is the kind of thing where you get a couple people around the table and you, you have to spend time as a group or the GM has to spend time and then present. This is our interpretation yeah. because the rules are heck are not clear. No, so the bit that bugged me is the rules to doing enchantments. Now, there's this thing that says, is there's this thing about ingredients. Sorry, not enchantments. There's a thing that kind of says that in ingredients are are necessary. If you have to make yes. to make something, you have to make an alchemy test. Um, it says if you have the like, if some of the things are scarce, it might be harder. There's a thing here that it says unless otherwise state all petty enchantments use one ingredient. Yep. It doesn't tell you what these ingredients are though. Now that's made easier at least in exiles because ingredients are a thing you use to make other things so that's not so but when you go to the lotus pollen section you start having these things that affect per ingredient used and then like doses and yeah. so you start having things like multiple dose and this dose and the difficulty is what now this is the one that really blew mine for when it comes to some of these poisons i see on page 166 it says the difficulty is one per ingredient used but it does say on one so that makes it harder to make more so you'd be better off going i'm going to make one dose of poison which is one ingredient therefore it's difficulty one now i'm going to make a second lot of poison which is still only but i'm going to do it just by itself i'm going to make one that's difficulty one if i wanted to do five lots of poison according to this because you create one dose for every ingredient um that would be difficulty five that doesn't doesn't make any sense um and it's it's things like that it's super unclear Again, this in, the whole ingredient thing is kind Wait, of like it, it's let just. Let me ask you this: with, with lotus vague. pollen, with lotus pollen, is there an advantage in how powerful the stuff is by adding additional ingredients? Well, it, it, the only thing it says is that mul it says each each what each creates one dose for every ingredient, and each dose does this much damage. Multiple doses does that, but it doesn't say you have to make. It, it's not very clear about right. I'm making something which is a three dose bottle and that three dose bottle therefore is difficulty three it doesn't say that you can't like make two separate doses and combine them together to do damage to someone it's just it's super i mean it's the same as the poison rules i looked all up and down this book trying to find the poison rules 
and one one bit in the index refers to something else and somewhere in the book it says oh poisons are in such and such a section and you go to that section it's not in there yeah and that's about as close as i can get there is booking stuff in conan the thief on poisons but again it's super vague and i think this is coming back to this idea that really they don't want pcs being being sorcerers they and, want sorcery and really what they're, what they're doing then instead of providing enough clear actionable rules for players to use they're providing a loose framework and some i i i would call this less rules as i would uh advice that that <laughs> seems yeah. to be um generally consistent between like say the different petty enchantments but really under underneath all of this and then they come out and say it in the in uh chapter seven in skelos hey gm this is really on you you need to figure this out uh and not only just you need to decide what you want this to look like and then you can use our examples as guidance or suggestions to actually come up with this yourself or what seems to me by inference is the idea that on the other side of the screen, you're just going to just, you're just going to make this crap up as you go. Yeah. And like I said, in exiles, there was a limiter because um, the stuff we were mining or digging or foraging, whatever, were actually called particular different kinds of ingredients. And one of them we took to be the stuff I could use for um, making the alchemist stuff, which okay. meant that we had a specific amount of ingredients. But if without those rules, you really have got like, right, I'm going to go and forage for some stuff. Yeah. How many ingredients do I get? There's, there's nothing. There is nothing anywhere that we, unless there is, and I've missed it. And if there is, I, you know, sorry, but yeah, Exiles made that a bit clearer. And again, it's the kind of thing. So we move on to actually casting a spell then. that you've read, I, I haven't really looked at this, but I, I thought when I had looked at it, that it, it made sense and worked. But from what you've said, I'm thinking maybe. Well, no, actually casting a spell is right. is a little more clear although the way the spells are presented is a little bit confusing uh until you decide how you want to interpret it <laughs> which i think okay. that applies to so much of this so you have like a spell description there's a difficulty that is the difficulty to cast it's a sorcery test when you cast the spell um it has a duration and it has the cost in resolve to learn and the cost in resolve to cast that cost is the amount of permanent resolve needed to learn the spell and the amount of resolve it takes to cast yeah so you give up two challenge dice of resolve permanently by taking the sorcery um uh talent right so you give you get let me let me go back and make sure of this no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You give so up you could two. Pretend, okay. Pretend, but it could, so that could be anywhere between zero and four. Right. You give that up permanently. Uh, and then when you, each time you learn a spell, it costs a fixed amount of permanent resolve. Uh, and, I, you know, I wonder, I haven't gone and looked at, in Skelos, they have some uh, sample sorcerers and they have a one sorcerer of the age. It's kind of a hither comes Conan of sorcerers for that book. And I wonder if this, is this person's resolve like two <laughs> or, or something like that? Uh, I, I, I'm genuinely curious. Let me see what, um, what Seraphis of Namidia, what's his resolve? Um, his resolve is 10. How? He might only have one spell. I'm not really sure the way it's described because NPC blocks are a little 
are a little different. I'm just looking at the resolve. Right. So your starting resolve is your willpower and expertise. So if you've got a willpower, 12 would be, if you, if you had a willpower of 12, that'd be amazing. If you had a discipline of four, so yeah, yeah. 15, 16 would be the absolute resolve you get up to. So yeah, one spell yeah, and then learn sense, another then spell, you're character. back down to 10. If you only start with, yeah, so that's, that's, within the room but if you have if you do manage to get to the point you have multiple spells no you're not and and you're the, the not trouble have is any resolve, not right? only is your your permanent resolve is is going to be lower um and i i suppose you know are, are there ways during you know throughout um throughout like experience that you could increase can you could you re increase your willpower with uh Okay, it costs a lot. You could, in theory, increase your willpower, and you could increase your sure. discipline. But obviously, you have a maximum sure. discipline so of five. You, you, uh, you could increase your resolve. Like, you could backfill some of those points. But the problem is, your resolve is going to get beaten down. Yeah. And then every time you cast, you're taking that resolve damage, which will is not permanent. It comes back at the end of the scene. But, I mean, the, the idea of a, of a sorcerer having, like, four or five or six spells you know what you're going to show up and do steely glare and they're going to run away but actually i really like that i like that you kind of buy into these people have so messed with their to take the power they have they have this massive weakness which is like yeah they're, they're glass cannons i quite like that. but the trouble though is i mean like no that's a good point yeah also doom sure as heck wasn't like that you know th so that's the that's a that i think is a this is a problem where the mechanics of this, I get where they're coming from for, for a character. Like they wanted to make this really dangerous. You're playing with fire uh, as, a, as a player character with this stuff. The problem is how does this work out for, <clears throat> excuse me, the all powerful or seemingly all powerful sorcerer king nemesis who is. Well, I mean, you know, luckily, you if you build a straw. If you build a, a NPC, you don't build them like you build a PC. You build them a different way. And because of that, you could fudge it. Um, the other thing is actually, if you had a character who had, yeah. and we're talking here about a character with a willpower of 10, 11, 12, and a discipline of four or five, actually at that point, your willpower, your discipline tests are sort of on 15, 16. If someone tries to do a kind of a mental attack against yeah. you, they're not failing and they'll have doom. That's true. So those guys are rolling five dice. They're probably actually getting. That's true. They could potentially be rolling six or seven successes. So actually, you probably aren't beating them. If yeah. you do, if you do manage to beat them, if you do wipe them down, they're going to go down very quickly. That's the downside. But actually, so they yeah. Let's let's get back to the yeah. the spell casting because you you asked about that. Um, the spells are a little odd the way that they're presented. I'm looking at page uh, 173. The first one is Astral Wanderings. And you start reading it, and if you're coming from the 5e world, you're like, oh, this is a spell. It's called Astral Wanderings. And then you get to the next page, and you see Crystal Truth and Gaze of the Secret Sun, which fit under... Wait, Astral Wanderings is not really a spell. It's a, it's a general category of spell. And then you have a table of momentum spends and alternate alternative effects, and these crystal of crystal of truth and gaze of the secret sun. Uh, those are 
those are adapted versions, more detailed and specific versions of this idea of astral wanderings. So whereas there are no schools of magic in this, there are there are categories, for lack of a better term, of types of spells. And then under that, they give you examples of more detailed versions that have been fleshed out with the uh, alternative effects which affect the difficulty of the thing and momentum spends that can also affect the effects of it. So again, this is not an off-the-shelf magic system like in 5e. They give you an idea like, okay, here you can, you can travel, your mind can travel out of your body. Well, what does that look like and how does that look like in different situations? Well, there isn't just one way that that looks atavistic voyage you know by imbibing the smoke of the dried leaves of the oh really um and casting your mind back the recesses of your genealogy you can learn things from the past well and then there's from from when men were beasts and in the time of great towers you're able to again these are more examples of taking this every single spell has a series of tables that show alternative effects and different kinds of things, momentum spends that you can do with it. So, you know, remember when you and I were talking several yeah. months ago about a high magic system for 2D20 and, and I was kicking around the idea of a, yeah, like a, a point-based spellbuilding spell, system. Which is kind of, yeah. Right, but that's, that's what this is. They give you this general idea of here's a type of thing you could do, like one is called dismember. And the two examples under it are, I will tear your heart out and no door can bar, bar my path. And those are just examples of how you can take this uh, telekinetic power and use it against an inanimate object or use it against a person. So no matter what, whether you're a player or a GM, you're going to have to go through, if you want to make these yourself, you're going to have to go through and really have a clear idea about what kinds of effects you want to have. And then you're going to have to choose these spell-ish categories and take these tables, and you're going to have to build your own actual specific spells. I mean, I, don't, I, I think it, that's one way you can look. I would just look at it. These are like, so one of the things are momentum spends. These, so these are saying, when you cast this spell, if you use the base version of the spell, if you generate me a momentum beyond the base thing, here is extra stuff you can do. So in a lot of these, like you said, these kind of sub-spells, the sub-spells they've put on, oh, well, they hit the difficulty five if you're including these other things. But it's like, well, you can just go, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try and cast the base spell. Now, the ones you can't do that, because I mean, some of these have these alternate effects. So you have to choose the alternate effect ahead of time because the alternate effects do something different. You have to choose them ahead of time. Um, but the, the momentum spends you can do afterwards. So, you know, the things about persistent and stuff, I mean, essentially what they've done here, they've, give, they've given you a sample uses. That's what they're calling sample use. They're saying, right, well, if you do it like this, but essentially dismember could be used to cast as far as I understand it. But again, maybe there's another rule that actually says you, you can't just use any version of dismember at all. Um, and you only get one thing. I mean, I, I would assume that you can do, see, now you've said that now I'm not actually sure it's a thing. Maybe it does refer to the big versions of spells and the other things are sample uses. So I think if you have let's stick with this, this member, if you have learned dismember is your spell, you can do any one of these momentum spin, spends and the two different alternative effects. Uh, and you kind of have a choice as whether I'm going to 
I'm just going to cast the base version and hope a generating amount of momentum, and then I'll make it more powerful. I can't see why ahead of time, like one of these says it includes um, it includes wound of sorcery at two. That's two lots of momentum. Why would you ahead of time choose to make your spell more difficult? Because then you can fail it and don't do the spell at all. You would just choose to do the base version. Yeah. Because if you then generate momentum, you can do a better version. This again is is where it, it, it really, it blows my mind that there are no examples. There are, there are, there is, there are exactly zero examples in the sorcery chapter of, you know, Thrugdar the Barbarian yeah. is attacked by, you know, whoever such and such Amon the Sorcerer who cast blah, blah, blah. There's nothing. Again, there are lots of quotes from Howard books. And the same thing is the case in the book of Skelos. Yeah, these... there's a large section of additional. There's a chapter. It's a uh, chapter six, I believe. Yeah, chapter six has um, more spells, things like that. But again, uh, actually, wait. Oh, I found an example. Ooh, shocking! I did find an example on page one hundred two <laughs> of Skelos. Um. So I mean, there's a notional play example. That's the first kind one. Kind of these seen. sample uses are kind of examples, but what they're doing is just saying, here has how you could put the different momentum spends and alternative effects together into a pre-built, into a pre-built subspell. So you can just learn, just remember this, and you don't have to look at the table every time. Because some of these tables are, I mean, some of these tables basically take up a whole page. Yeah, they do. Um, and then they give you a little I, description. I see... But again, there's no explanation of a character actually using this and what it looks like in right. play. It's just a Here's a is a short version. We put the table together. It's you know magic is tough because you know from a, from a mechanical and like table management standpoint. Because on the one hand, if you try to make it uh, wild and idiosyncratic and always different and changing, you risk slowing things down tremendously at the table. So on the one hand, you're trying to make things like wild and interesting and different but then you just you suck the 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 life out of the game at the table because the the, the game grinds to a halt because you're flipping through pages and trying to find these momentum spends and effects and weirdness like that the other end of the the spectrum is everything looks like shrink wrap garbage like i always say it does out of 5e and, and and so everyone knows exactly what the range is and exactly what the duration is because everyone's read the the books um I like the fact that you have, and you know, Skelos provides lots of additional tables and lots of additional spell ideas and things like that. You have lots of different ideas for how to tweak spells, although you, the GM, definitely have to build those things in advance. And you, the player, unless you want to be hated by the other players at the table, you need to do the same thing. If you're playing your sorcerer who has one or two spells or three and his brains are made of jelly at that point. I think it's actually worth going over the, the casting a spell because it's not super yep. complicated, but it has got more no. to it than your average thing. So it says, to cast a spell, you must take a minor action to focus, followed by a sorcery test. Fair enough. And we've said that there's a difficulty on each spell. Um, and focus doesn't, the focus doesn't do anything other than the fact that you have to spend your minor action doing it. You can't use to do something else. No right. role is required to focus. Um, sorcery is inherently done. Each failed dice roll, so this is on your sorcery test, automatically causing a complication and a result of 20 causing two. And if you choose not to focus, that's a bit of a the sorcery increases the chances of additional complications. Instead of occurring on a roll of 20, right, so we'd move it down to 19 to 20. Um, so suddenly, it's like, 
wow. Casting a spell is brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can easily just chuck the complications. Now, at least the, um, unlike Octon Cthulhu, where you're always rolling for the amount of, um, of damage, of stress you take, this is a fixed amount. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you, and it's usually the, the, the amount that you need to spend to cast the thing is, those are, those are actually pretty low. Uh, but of course, you've given up so much to, to get them in the first place. But yeah, that's a key point. You get complications for every failed roll in addition to you get a, you get a double hit if you roll a 20, um, which really ups the ante of it. You've definitely, you've definitely got to be in a position where you really want to cast a spell. This Again, this isn't like a magic system where you're like, oh, I'm going to jump into combat and start casting spells. You're like, no, no, you really need to be certain that you want to sacrifice to cast a spell because you're going to have to. So then what I'm looking at is then it goes into this thing about consequences, but I'm not sure this is fully explainable. Sorcery always comes what page? At, uh, it's with the casting spell, so it's on 170. Uh, sorcery always comes at a cost, blah, blah, blah. Each time sorcery is used to cast, control or counter a spell, the games master has the authority, random, to turn the test from a regular skill test into a test for consequence. In a test for consequence, the sorcery is guaranteed to success, succeed in the casting of the spell. So it automatically goes, but at a horrible price. The player makes the skill test as normal, adding up successes against the difficulty momentum spends the spell being cast. For every success or momentum the sorcerer fails to achieve, a complication is leveled against the sorcerer. Now, I'm okay, looking down normal. through here and trying to see what it is. May ask the game master to include momentum spends in calculating the difficulty of test, increasing it by one. This is a far more, again, this is why would you choose to choose your momentum spends ahead of time? This is making it more difficult. Should the games master not wish to use a test for consequences, we can ignore that. But then it doesn't say what these consequences are. I again, and I now, think now what they're gone. doing there's here, nothing, there's they, nothing else. Yeah, they're in the, the odd thing is in the core book, there's so much that's left out. And frankly, I have, um, <laughs> I have never run sorcery yes, sir. because it's such a headache. Uh, but in the core book, there's a lot that's left out that Skelos actually comes out and admits. Again, chapter seven here. Let, let, me, let me get to the page. And it's like they finally uh, show you what the wizard is doing behind the curtain. I don't think they still don't expel what explain consequences. <laughs> Oh, here we go. In and this is Book of Skellos, page 108. In Conan, magic is far less codified and more mysterious. Wizards in the Hyborian Age learn not from schools, but from random patrons, some of which are demons. This is a darker magic. In fact, there are only a few instances of, in scare quotes, good sorcery or sorcerer. Sorcery is not just unnatural, it is essentially evil. This is a paradigmatic woo -wee, shift from most modern fantasy, where a Manichaean battle between good and evil magic often uh, serves as a central tension in the narrative. No such duality exists in the world of Conan. Sorcery is almost always evil and is rarely opposed by itself. Instead, it is men, brave but mortal men, that stand against the dark tides of corrupting magic. Uh, okay. When in doubt, keep it mysterious. Um... 
There we go. And then it says, this is on page 109, to do, this is about in regard, how do you keep it mysterious? To do this, the game master should feel free to wield a firm hand when it comes to the unnatural in the world they paint. Sorcery is not to be trifled with. Supernatural beings should be feared. Conan himself spends some fair amount of time running from horrors rather than fighting them. Narration comes before mechanic. You, on page 110, you, as a game master, must resist the urge to lean too heavily on the rules. Again, in scare quotes. By necessity, we have created rules for magic. These rules are flexible and seek to model the magic in the original stories. Narration comes before dice rolling. The effects of some of the things done by Thugra Khotan in the Black Colossus, in Black Colossus, are not written down anywhere in the rules. Uh, such and so, Avas, Akavasha, the vampire is not a vampire in the traditional sense. There is no race of her kind. The more we categorize and number the unnatural, the more mundane it becomes. I happen to agree with that. As a game master, you'll note sorcery is purposefully simplified. I don't know about that. Um, the depth comes from you and your players' imaginations, not a tome of rules and spell descriptions. So in a way, they've, they've laid out a case, and I get it, but the trouble is that it's actually not simplified in how because they've left so much of it vague and unexplained that it's actually more complicated than it than i believe it needs to be this this require if you want sorcery if you want to make sorcery and have it operate by the rules you're going to need to house rule a lot of this stuff. You're going to need, as GM, you're going to have to decide. This is how this functions. And I guess that's what they intend for you to do. But it's a little bit annoying. I mean, I, I, I kind of think it's, it's still pushing towards this idea of only NPCs should be wizards. And then if NPCs are wizards, then they don't have to follow the same rules because they don't have the same stats and stuff necessarily and skills that, that a PC does. So they can fudge a bit. Um, and that's one of the things that always bugs me about D&D, or I believe, I haven't read it, but one of the new D&D Monsters books moved away from this because one of the things that always drive me crazy about Pathfinder and D&D is when you have characters that don't have spell-like effects, they have spells. And so you'll have the, character, you'll have the readout, you know, the, the, the monster description, and then it says they have this many first level, and, you know, and it tells you all the spells, and you're like, I don't know all those spells. Now I got to go I flipping through a book. I don't want to have to go flipping through the player's handbook for all these yeah. spells. You pick like, I'm going to cast this one because this sounds good. And mostly you just stick to it. And I much prefer it when they just have like a thing that they can do and it explains the thing that they can do. And I believe in one of the newer, uh, I think they did a multiverse book, which supposedly we just rewrite to existing monsters that actually they may have rewritten a lot of those to try and take out some of the spells and put in spell-like effects, which I don't know if they did because I haven't read it. Um, and that's the kind of thing you get away with here. You can just go, right, well, actually, um, my NPC guy is going to have these stats and he is going to, I mean, that's, they must have, do they have evil sorcerers in the book? They, they do. And the, the, the they're and not really listed. They, they, they just, they list their abilities in the same manner as they would list special abilities from like some tentacled horror or a flying ape or a bandit or something like that. And so they're not broken down in that way that your uh -huh. 5e stat blocks are um no i mean it does just in, say in that, that case, I'm, I'm looking at sorcerer and it does just say blah 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 usually tend to have between two and four spells oh and then it tells you well, which i was spells. looking at the, the the one named sorcerer in the back of all oh, right yeah i'm looking at the general sorcerer one in the back of the conan mm -hmm. book um and in that case this guy's kind of got you know resolve 10 and he has but he doesn't have you know sorcery isn't a skill 
So he doesn't have a high field of expertise. Right. And yeah. It's if you, it, if you I, stick to the rules as proper, this guy could well like do himself in trying to cast spells. Here's he's here's just going to be generating complications. I want to want to point out a couple of things about uh, the Skelos book because I think I do think the Skelos books book while it it does add some layers of complication because it doesn't resolve some of the issues, a lot of the issues that we yeah, have out of the sorcery chapter. Well. But it does give you. Uh, it does give you a lot of background about like the story side. It's about fifty some pages, or no, about uh, thirty some pages of just background of the the place and the history and whatever of sorcery in different parts of the Conan world, and um, and and gives you some ideas. There's a lot of good story ideas that, at least from my perspective, in the book of Skellos. Chapter five, and I think this is really cool. They have sorcerers and their followers. That's what it's called. And there's this whole subsystem of how to create a cabal, some kind of group of cultists or followers who provide boons, that's what they're called, which which are story and mechanical bonuses and boosts to the leader of or someone who has access to the support of such a cabal. There's also information in there about how cabals could act as opponents. So if you wanted to create some kind of a, you know, we always see cults, and I know there's a nameless cults book, but there's a nifty system in here for building a group that then you can, you can almost treat the group like a character in a way that it would affect the player characters and affect the story. I think that's pretty neat. Um, the advanced rules for sorcery, which is chapter six, adds necromancy and astrology and mummery, mummery, which is just, you know, sleight of hand and BS, yeah, mesmerism, which we talked about a, a little bit by text, which is very confusing. Well, I mean, because so because I decided that I was going to go mesmerist because once you had it doesn't actually give you a talent tree, but if you it has talents and without the trees, you can still work it out. Which is annoying because it's this so annoying. this and Infinity and Mutant Chronicles are the talent tree games. Yeah. And yet it gives you these new talents, or it, it implies that these other talents exist without saying so, the petty enchantments. And it doesn't give you the tree. I'm like, come yeah. on, people. But when I started trying to look at it, the rules get super I mean, like I looked at it and I've looked at it again, and I've looked at it a couple of times now. And it gives you these these desired states for the person you're trying to do the thing on, and the difficulties ramp up. And then there's a bunch of momentum spends. And then it goes on to this thing about the mesmeric trance, but then it gets very confused, right? So am I meant to put someone in the trance and then I've got to choose what I'm yes. going to do to That's how them? I read it. And you then it gets get starts them in getting... the trance and then they become open to suggestion. Yeah. But it's, so it becomes one of these different abilities. Yeah, to but do. it becomes so complicated then. She's right. So I've got to do one action to start the trance, which I've got to be doing something first. And then once I've done that, then I can do this particular technique thing. And it's just like, oh, this is, and I just, when I've used it, I've just fudged it and just gone straight for like, right, I'll give him a you know, bonus. Die. And I've, I, I have ended up just fudging it because yeah. it wasn't relevant you well, know, that, here, that it worked exactly like it said in there because it was just helping out, you know, it was one of the players and they could do it a bit. And funnily enough, most of the time someone comes up and starts a fight and you can't use it at all. So it wasn't, it wasn't strictly relevant. But again, they, it's one of these things where they've added in something nice and new, which is cool. They've added it in but then they haven't gone into it in enough detail to make it helpful and it doesn't have examples and it's all very confusing. So you kind of like, either I wish they put more time into it or just left it out completely. They've done this halfway house. I think it, it and this is inference. I think the authors of this looked at sorcery and Howard's stories and said, this is dangerous. 
It's fantastical. It's not easily defined. It's not easily quantified. It's not consistent from one practitioner to another and even one practitioner one day to the next. Okay. It's supposed to be weird, wonderful, and horrible. It's supposed to be all those things and scary. And I think that instead of trying to provide comprehensive, coherent, cohesive rules, they just provided a whole bunch of ideas and what amount to suggestions to provide some guidance, but they were a little coy. They were less coy in the Book of Skelos in coming out and saying that, but they were definitely more coy in the core rule book. I mean, when you when you read the rest of the core rule book for character creation, everything is it's very crunchy, it's very um, defined, it's very specific. Combat, all all those kinds of things, and this chapter is it's this odd outlier of vagaries when they should have said, this chapter really is suggestions, not rules. We're here to try to impart an idea and a spirit based on our interpretation of this kind of sorcery. But they didn't do that. And so it's this, like I said, it's this oddball thing on your dinner plate that doesn't taste like or feel like or chew like anything else on the plate. And you're wondering, why is this here? How does this fit? Um, so I think if you're going to do, I mean, if you want to have sorcery characters, good luck with that. You know, you're going to have, you're going to no, well, good, good luck if you, unless you're cool with, okay, my character has jellied brains and knows three spells and that's it. Cause that's, that's the most you're going to get out of it. If you're a GM and you want to use sorcerers, you have to just accept and be okay with, you're not fudging the rules. There aren't rules. If rules are hard and fast things to which everyone is answerable and they're consistent and coherent, there aren't, there isn't that for sorcery in this game. And I think that the authors presented it that way. They were just coy about that. You just have to accept that as yeah. GM. And if you want the you know, monstrous sorcerer to have all kinds of spells, that's what you do because it's your game. Yeah. And you're not breaking the rules. I think that's the. This 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 matches the setting yes. very well all you know the, the big sorcerers in conan are bad guys and even the people who kind of do a little bit of sorcery they dabble or they're really charlatans they're also bad guys or npcs they're not you know they're not the yeah. players now it's a shame that the book doesn't make this clearer that that's what they aim for whereas skelos yep. like like you said basically spells it out um and considering there is an entire book which is purely about sorcery, I would have liked that to have way more explanation of how it's all meant to work. Because like you've given us a whole other book on just sorcery, and yet the sorcery rules are still a bit vague and not clear. So you could have cleared it all up in this book. Um, that is annoying. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like you're not really meant to use this stuff for PCs. It really should just be for NPCs and to give the GM ideas. Where that is a problem is obviously we've said repeatedly, if you're thinking of playing a fantasy game, but you don't want to play Conan, what can you use as a base? And this is why we've said repeatedly, Conan doesn't really work because the spell system in Conan isn't well codified. It's not well explained. And it's really meant for this not to be, you know, not for the eyes of players to some extent, which is why we've said actually acting Cthulhu is a better player to work from, which is why, again, we would hope that when Cohort's Cthulhu comes out, which I kind of expected when it was announced in sort of March, April, we would have had the pre-order for it by now and we yeah. would have some PDFs. Well, they're still doing play tests though. Yeah. So I guess they're dragging out the, 
the playtest longer, which I, I still throws me because it's like you're playtesting a game that you'll basically have all of the rules there and like you tweak in some other bits. So I, I know I don't know. Here, um, but yeah, so at the moment there isn't a good place to go mm-hmm. for for a magic set of rules and you can't even rely on the srd and someone dropping it for you because that also hasn't well and that that set of rules you know forget about the uh the the publishing guidelines or rules forget about that the srd presents a magic system like octum cthulhu which is not aside from the fact that the spell causes a form of damage to the caster aside from that and aside from that you have to roll to see if the spell you successfully cast the spell and you take the damage whether it's successful or not regardless of that similarity that's a very different that's a magic system that's more of a magic system than this sorcery thing and again yeah. I, I i think that you're right this fits the world however i think they could have presented it far more effectively and more clearly and I think if you as GM want to incorporate it, you just have to accept that you're going to you're going to do it the way you want to. And I think the smartest the way the smartest way to go about it is to decide what do you want it to look like? What do you want yeah. the effects to be and build backwards, build backwards from the ends, because there isn't a clear enough and coherent enough system to build from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a problem with what we get. I wish it was better explained in the core book, but it doesn't bother me as much as what annoys me is then the book of Skelos then adds in a, like just throws a bunch more stuff on top of it. And other than kind of saying, oh, well, it's meant to be vague, doesn't give us clear. I don't see why that book couldn't have had very, very clear rules that picked up all of the problems with the core book or even just gave us the core book's rules again, but better explained because, you know, people wouldn't have complained. So um, well, but this is but, yeah, yeah. this is very There's, much in line though with the earlier writings. Like even Star Trek Adventures, they did frankly a a poor job of explaining their system in action and their subsystems yeah. in action. They do a better job of it now. They did a very they did a very poor job of it back then. So yes, I mean, it I, is just unfortunate that that has put off a ton of people yeah. in playing two D twenty because they go. Well, 2D20 is too complicated and 2D20 is a bad system and blah, 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 because they've been put off by the early versions of 2D20. Perhaps, yeah. um, Which is a a shame. I, You know, what's hard for me is that I could see someone saying like, oh, yeah, I I play D&D, but I want like a grittier, like, you know, more savage. We'll just throw that word in there, fantasy. And so they, they go get Conan and... They assume that there is a coherent magic system, and yeah. and they're reading and they're like, what, what, what the hell is this? I, I, I don't know how this is supposed to function. And then they start, you know, the oh, book of Skelos. Well, this is a whole book about it, and they're like, oh, cool fluff, cool story about oh, cabals. I think the cabals thing is is really cool. And by the way, those rules pretty clear. And then you get into chapter six, advanced rules for sorcery, which is like fifty pages. And it's, it just adds more layers of the same degree of confusion and, and vagueness when they just could have added the disclaimer, like what they put in Skelos, but more. These are suggestions, folks. We're trying to present a vibe. You yeah. need to run with it from here. Sorry. That's what it should say. Mm. Toodles, or whatever you say when you say bye-bye. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just, I think that's that's what it... That's what this could have used. Yeah. 
But for the GM who wants to make up a bunch of stuff and shape it the way they want it, well, this is actually, you don't feel like you're breaking. If once you recognize that it's not a system, it's just a pile of pieces and parts. Once you realize that you as GM, now you're not, you don't feel like, well, I'm breaking the rules. I have to house rule. Then no, you actually have to create it based on these pieces and parts they gave you. Yeah. I think kind of like how hacking was the weak point of infinity. This is the weak point of Conan. The difference with those two is, is you can play Conan quite happily without sorcery. Yep. You really need to have hacker player characters in infinity, which is then becomes problematic. Um, Like I said, that, that system doesn't make any sense until you read adventures and you can see what it's meant to look like. And then that's not a good way of having something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, so I've, I've come to the conclusion that if I use sorcery in Conan, I'm going to wing the heck out of it. Just essentially don't, don't let PCs be sorcerers and you should be fine. No problem solved. No, I think, I think that you can extract a lot of, uh, I think that you could, you could make alchemy more accessible. I think, frankly, that like with using the patron talent, you could make more petty enchantments available to characters so they could like build stuff like smoke bombs and things like that if they wanted to. I think that might be an, an easy route. Um, but- yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially what I don't use the mesmerism on my character. I've been doing making burning liquids and creating poisons yeah. um, because that that's what she could do and so and that was what was useful for the party um but yeah we never went down the spell yeah i would i would stay away from the spells with with pcs unless you want to just i don't know unless you want to play like a dark campaign and have one of your pcs not last particularly long because they're going to turn to goo and if you're going to run an npc sorcerer you can kind of ignore the rules because there really aren't rules yeah they're more like guidelines but I will, I will, I'll throw this last piece in. Skelos is good, it, it, even if you ignore chapter six, that 50 pages of the 140 some odd pages, there's a lot of good story ideas and background and I, and the cabal system and story ideas, not necessarily explicitly stated, like here's an adventure idea or seed, but in reading it, I got a lot, I had a lot of, oh, this could happen or I could do this. So Skelos it's, itself uh, is a, is a good book for fleshing out the world. Yeah. I think we did it. Yeah. Thanks as always for listening. And in next week's episode, we're going to discuss how to convince your players to play new and different games and systems. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch that's f-l-u-f-f-n-c-r-u-n-c-h we would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on thanks so much